This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, January 29th, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. Since the Farm Bill passed earlier this year, hemp has been legalized. One chemical you can derive from hemp is CBD. What is it? What do we know about it? Is it a miracle drug or a marketing scam? Mike Riggs of Reason Magazine says it's both. We spoke earlier this month. You can make CBD now, and you can sort of possess CBD now under federal law. It's not super clear. The language in the Farm Bill was not, uh, you know, m- made no effort to say, like, and here's how we're going to treat CBD, like, holistically going forward. Uh, it was basically just like, you won't get in trouble with the DEA anymore for this. Okay, so um, as I said before, the Wild West, there are lots of different producers of it. The quality of it uh, varies widely, whether it's, um, you know, essentially hemp oil, quote unquote, yeah. versus some uh, something that it may, may contain no CBD at all. So what do we know uh, about the actual effects of CBD thus far? So the, the thing we know the most about is its effect on people with epilepsy and who experience seizures, and it has some sort of anti-seizure effect. Uh, I'm not super familiar with the mechanism of action, which is like the explanation for what's happening in the body that stops the seizures, but randomly controlled clinical trials and peer-reviewed research shows that it does work for seizures, which is why the first CBD drug that the FDA approved was for uh, a form of treatment-resistant epilepsy that uh, affects children. And there's there's two different kinds that are really bad. They affect babies and toddlers, and uh, left untreated, they're generally fatal. So uh, a new CBD drug has been approved called Epidiolex that treats that. Um, before Epidiolex was approved this past summer, uh, probably going back almost 10 years now, there have been various CBD drugs uh, on the gray slash black market in the United States that also worked for this. It's totally possible that some research done by black market CBD makers in the early 2010s actually contributed to the research that went into Epidiolex. Um, I doubt that GW Pharmaceuticals would ever say that, and I'm not alleging that it's 100% true. But I talked to people in Colorado. They're like, yeah, there's, we're, we heard from them. One, one person I spoke to was like, we heard from GW Pharmaceuticals. They wanted to know what we knew about this. Um, but we've known since the 1970s. Um, maybe before that, but I definitely know 1970s was the first time a, a research was published in the U.S. showing that CBD helped with seizures, and uh, it's because they gave it to uh, rats that had been exposed to really high levels of cobalt, uh, which is a mineral that causes seizures and at high levels of exposure. Okay, so uh, you know the the article that you wrote for Reason basically CBD miracle cure or marketing scam. You say it's both. Totally. So you know it, to the extent that there are medical uses that are fairly well established, what's the scam? So the scam is um, is sort of a byproduct of the way unregulated drugs work in the United States. And I just want to preface all this by saying I'm not calling for regulation or tighter laws. But if, if something is regulated by the FDA, the way prescription drugs are in particular, the FDA goes to the factory, the FDA does batch testing, uh, the FDA basically watches the production of this drug like a hawk. The FDA has no control over prescribing practices of doctors or what a patient does when they receive their prescription. If you receive a prescription for a drug that you're supposed to take once a day and you take the entire bottle in 30 minutes, like the FDA has no control over that. But they have 
they, the FDA does that have the power to make sure that the drug you get from CVS or Walgreens or Rite Aid or Duane Reed or whatever local pharmacy you go to is what you're supposed to be getting, that the pills were made under certain circumstances or the liquid or the syringe and that, uh, you know, the, the dose on the bottle that whatever the dose is, that that's accurate and that it contains what it says it contains, yada, yada. Nutritional supplements, uh, which is basically how CBD has been marketed um, for as long as it's been available in the United States, don't work that way at all. Basically, um, there is no sort of pre-approval process. People can put one thing on the label and another thing on the bottle and, and many times, unfortunately, do. And then the only way that the um, the, the only repercussions for that, you know, aside from the damage to reputation if you sell a crappy product and people complain about it online, is that the FDA will say like, hey, we got a hold of one of your bottles and you have stuff in this bottle that you don't have on the label. Or you do have information on the label that's accurate, but you're not allowed to sell that in the United States. Uh, so most CBD manufacturers are sort of operating in this, this second market, the nutritional supplement market. And uh, sometimes their products are underdosed. So if you're, you know, if you're taking five milligrams of CBD a day, may- maybe that st- does something for you. Genuinely, uh, it might also be placebo. It's one fiftieth amount that is given to kids who have seizures. Um, it's one fiftieth the amount that's being used in clinical trials for anxiety and other stuff like that. Um, and this is also another common thing in nutritional supplements is. You know, a nutritional supplement maker will point to some white papers and peer-reviewed research showing like, hey, this, this um, you know, St. John's wort works for this or um, echinacea, I don't know, something. Um, and they'll just be like, hey, this this works. This has like healing properties. And then, uh, you know, the pill, you're, you're paying 20 bucks for this bottle and each pill has like five milligrams in it, um, sometimes in the grams if it's, if it's a plant that you need to consume in the grams, but then you go look at the research and it's like, well, this study was done using five or 10 times amount. And there are, there are a few supplements, way fewer, I would say, that are also unregulated where, where what you're buying has way more than when used in clinical trials. And those are dangerous for a different reason. But CBD almost across the board products are either, uh, one of three things is true. They don't contain enough CBD. Um, they don't contain any CBD. Or uh, it's a mixture of the first thing and then the inclusion of something else to make you feel like you're on a drug when you take a low-dose CBD product. And it's because they've, in the case in Utah, for instance, um, mixed in um, synthetic cannabinoids, which are terrifying and do horrible things to your brain and to your liver. So I've seen, so I guess, purveyors of CBD publish these documents that are, this is what's in the bottle. And I don't under I can't understand uh, the documents themselves, but it seems like oh that that looks very credible. There's lots of numbers and uh, words that I don't understand. I mean, is that is that the path forward then? Is just asserting uh, with some sort of private certification saying, hey, what's in this bottle is what we say is in the bottle, and this long complicated document explains what's in it. Yeah, I, I think that that's the best thing you can get right now. Um, and you're more likely to see it from CBD makers who I think originate in Colorado, Washington, and California, uh, which have had like long running robust um, medical markets. And you have like a ton of like uh, basically cannabis chemists in those three states, um, you know, who are formally trained and in isolation and distillation and this kind of stuff. And that's the best thing you can get right now. Um, And it's probably the 
best thing we're going to get maybe for a very long time, if not permanently. Is that just because the science is so new? I actually think that the reason we're not going to get what we all deserve, which is like uh, a sort of like bright light, fully legal system, is that the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act, which I, I mentioned in the story, you know, the, the Farm Bill legalized temp under the Controlled Substances Act. The Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act almost makes it impossible, and the way the FDA works overall almost makes it impossible for um, CBD to emerge fully into the legal market. And I'll just say real quick that the, the, the two reasons that is, the first thing is people who make CBD products often talk about therapeutic benefits that rival um, you know, formal prescription medicine. So you can't be a nutritional supplement if you're promising results. Like if you're promising healing, if you're promising medical care, like if these if, statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, right? And even 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 the statements that you have to disclaim that about are not allowed to be. This will treat your epilepsy. You can say uh, this contains a compound that may help fight heart disease, right, or something like that, or may prevent heart disease. Um, but CBD makers are like, no, we're, we've given this to cancer patients and we've given this to kids with epilepsy and it helps them. The second problem, and this is way more like in the weeds, but it is kind of shocking, which is that under the Food, Drug, and Cosmetics Act, if a company uh, applies to the FDA with an investigatory new drug application, which is basically a company's declaration of the FDA, we are investing in turning this formulation of this compound into a prescription drug, which you will approve and you will schedule, uh, once the FDA receives that document, nobody else can make that drug at all. It's a combination of like a sort of uh, patent law with FDA's own regulation. So the minute that GW Pharmaceuticals told the FDA, we're working on a drug that uses CBD, uh, the FDA declared, okay, nobody else can make a CBD product until this is approved. Um, and then your CBD product, if it's too similar to theirs, can't be approved for 20 years because that's how long drug patents are in the United States. Um, so some CBD makers have gotten in trouble for the claims they've put on their products. And then other CBD makers have been told, like, sorry, you can't release a CBD product um, because GW Pharmaceuticals is working on one right now in clinical trials. So there's some clarification in the law that needs to occur to say that, oh, this is a naturally occurring compound. And yeah. Can those be essentially patented in a way? But you know, the funny thing is, is they can. And like, this is a sort of, the sort of scary thing. One person I talked to said that, um, and I haven't checked with the U.S. Patent, patent Office here, but the GW Pharmaceuticals, after they got their initial approval, have basically just nonstop been filing patents for CBD-related formulations and dosages and quantities. And, like, on the one hand, yes, it's naturally occurring, but, like, you know, the foxglove flower is a plant that grows in nature, and it is still, uh, you know, it's distilled into a drug that treats tachycardia, which is, you know, uh, a heart irregularity. And you cannot, I may be wrong about tachycardia. My wife will kill me. She'll be so embarrassed. But if you, um, you can't just go pick foxglove flower and distill it and sell it, right? Because, like, there is a patent on it. And uh, the same goes for, you know, uh, Sudafed and Sudafedrin and ephedrine. These all, these things come from plants. Somebody filed a, the first patent application to the FDA, everybody else had to wait their turn to do this. 
Mike Riggs is an associate editor at Reason Magazine. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 